All right, people, welcome to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me, Ricky Spears, and him. And him, and, and C. Wharton himself. Oh, look, he's on an intro with me. Fucking hell, because we're here together, going this, straight in. Is this the bit before the podcast? Yeah, but we're not going to do that I've today. Never been on, I've never been on one of those. Yeah, I know, but now you're on one. It doesn't, we don't need to do one today because See everyone, at the knows, big table. everyone knows who you are. Mm. Um, Rick's a dad now, everyone. Yeah, so, so we've been, been out of action for a while, me and you both, because we've both had fucking loads going on. Yeah. So it's been quite difficult to get a podcast recorded and we're just about managing it on a Sunday night, the Monday before it goes out. Because we're that dedicated to the calls, aren't we? It's going out tomorrow? Yeah. Shit, son. I just had a really nice nap. Did you? I wish I could have had a nap. I had a Sunday roast and then like, oh. I'm talking like 45 minute nap. What meat do you have on the roast? Bef- uh, mix, mixed roast. Out and about or indoors? Yeah, at the Buck's Head. Nice. And then I had one of those naps where you wake up and you, like you hate everything. Oh no. <laughs> and everyone. <laughs> the angry wake up. Yeah. Why is that? What day is it? Um, and I got woken up by the, the front door. Um, That's even angrier. Yeah. And... I peeped out of the blinds <laughs> and it was my next door neighbour and she, who we and they're lovely but we don't communicate. We, yeah, yeah. I mean the classic neighbours like it's just like a, a wave uh, yeah. and that's it. Um so you know if they're knocking on the door they got bits to discuss. <laughs> and um Forrest had escaped the garden and he was in their garden. And um so uh it turns out he'd He's not burrowed under the. That's Chris's fence. dog, by the yeah, way. People, yeah. a giant Rockweiler. Yeah, he's most a big handsome boy. Rockweiler you'll ever see. Yeah. But he's a handful. He is certainly a handful, and he's um, he's he's not gone for the standard dig under the fence. He just has just ran through it. <laughs> so you know, like the wooden panelled fence. Yeah, yeah. There's like almost like a dog shaped hole in it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh. And I went round. I was like, "No, nah, that can't have been Forrest." And but it's like ears everything. <laughs> it's just him. Probably wasn't. And she'd gone. She'd gone out into her garden. Um, I don't know. She won't mind me saying this, but she'd gone out into the garden just to like have a cigarette. And then she just spotted him at the top of the garden, just like laying down on his own. She's like, <laughs> just panting. To uh, there's something at the top of the garden. There seems to be a bear in our garden. Yeah. And then when I got round there. He was like, Dad, <laughs> what are you doing here? Look at this place. <laughs> Look what I want to show you. He ran over this like bit of firewood. He got one of these, just ran straight into me. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Well, so no he one... just helped himself to a log from their log yeah, pile or something. Yeah, I said, is this yours? And they like, yeah, you can keep that, mate. <laughs> that's yours now. Yeah. So that's why I've brought him here today. He's not in this room with us, for anyone listening. He's... He's in his own little room next door. So next if door. you hear some barking, that's my overexcited. Has he calmed down since he's had the uh, the big big op? Well, he had his nuts off three months ago and he's just absolutely no different whatsoever. Really? Yeah. Shit. But he was never a shagger anyway. Just lively. Yeah, he's just like, Boisterous. he's just giddy. Yeah, and yeah. he just loves, he loves other dogs and he's very, he's very good with people. Yeah. I think he thinks he's, a, he thinks he's more person than dog. Right. So he's like, when he sees a dog, he's, he has to go and see it. Right. So if you've got like, if you're walking your Labradoodle in a park in Seven Oaks and you see like a 60 kilo Rottweiler running at you, I can understand why people are like a bit scared. Yeah. And he's, but then he gets there and then he, he's like, it yeah. and then he runs off. <laughs> <Dig>. <laughs> That's the thing because to look at, he's a bit slightly intimidating. But then once you get to know him, he's 
just the cuddliest dog ever. Big stupid bear, yeah. Yeah. What lovely character he is, though. Mental how the nuts off didn't really. Uh, They did. They did warn me about that. They did say this super expensive operation might be pointless. So it's just a case of that he can't now spread his seed. Yeah. No more shagging. But he didn't shag anyway. I kind of felt like that was the right the, the right thing to do because and having spoken to um, the dog trainer who helped us with him, he said it would be like you seeing loads of beautiful women all the time who are like half naked and then like letting you near them or going to like kind of go and talk to them and then yeah. go, no, 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 like no, commu- <laughs> no touching like yeah. for your whole life. Yeah. And like as an adolescent having those feelings <laughs> as, a teenager, yeah. as a teenager, that would be confusing. And Pretty um, frustrating. Like whether, whether that is actually true for, for a dog, it, it makes sense it would be because they get the same mixture of chemicals yeah. um, in, and around, in and around the nuts anyway. Yeah. So I thought it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But anyway, how have you been? Yeah, <laughs> less about my dog's yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I've just, as you know, just got back from Thailand on Tuesday um, where I had my first Thai fight in Thailand, which was best thing, one of the best, best but hardest things I've ever done. Which was pretty impromptu as well, right? I sort of knew you was going, but I had no idea you was... Yeah, Honestly, we, I thought you was you had an MMA fight here later in the year. But. Yeah, I did, and I'll explain why I did and not don't still have. Right. Um, but we we went really impromptu. I booked it the day before. I needed a bit of a break from here, to be honest. There's a lot going on, and um, and uh, that was kind of um like clouding my judgment a bit. I don't deal with stress very well, right? So I just ran away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There was, to be fair, I think. You'd had, a, I mean, we won't go right into the details, but you'd had personal stuff going on and then you yeah. had a bit of a bombshell at the business. Yeah. And that's why I kind of took a back step on the podcast because I knew you had a lot of shit to deal with. So yeah. I was trying to give you some space, really. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, look, everyone's going through their own battles, right? So I'm not going to whinge about it, but luckily I've got um, uh, it's this lifestyle business that we've created, which is amazing, gives us the opportunity to, like do things like this sometimes so yeah you do need to take a step back i've got a great business partner who who um and and team of managers and just team of trainers who can sort of run the shit while we're we're not here and they did that and so took a couple of weeks off like no emails no phone nice um did a bit of social media stuff out there um but but other than that nothing and um, didn't even have access to my emails at all, which right. is which for me is is quite difficult because I'm usually um, on it for quite a lot of the time. And then um, spent like quite a lot of time practicing meditation, mindfulness. Did a lot of training in the first half of it at, um, at Thai boxing camp called Tiger Muay Thai, which I've been to before. I went there last year when I ran away so last that- time. <laughs> <laughs> last time I ran away. So is that in Phuket? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but like amazing business they're running, I'm actually a little bit jealous of it. Like the the gym, the gym there is like four or five times the size as, as ours here. Obviously, they've got a lot more space there, um, but they've done an excellent job of commercialising a concept that previously was almost felt just exclusive to pro and amateur fighters. Hardcore training. Yeah, camp, sort of yeah. Thing. I mean, like it's only it's been. I mean, they've been running for about twelve years, um, and they're. I, I don't know. I, I I think an American guy took it over, and at, at some stage, 
and did a great job. The branding of it is incredible. They've done such a good job with the yeah. branding, the social media, um, their like creative design, the videos they use. I mean, they've done a brilliant job. It doesn't hurt that it's in paradise. You know, yeah, like, right. Is um, it from the pictures you showed me? Is it almost? It looks like it's in the middle of the jungle. Um, no, it's not. Right, it's not at all. No, no it's not. There, there, there is jungle near it, like it, it, in Chelong and Phuket. It's surrounded by wildlife. Yeah, yeah. But um, the actual strip in Chelong, that the, the where the gym is, there's, and I can only assume that these other gyms have popped up because of that as a big gym. Right. But there's loads of gyms there now. There's like ten on that road. There's oh, CrossFit really? gyms and there's other um, Muay Thai camps. And then there's loads of juice bars and oh, really? like healthy eating restaurants. So if you go there, and I highly recommend anyone going there, it's one, it's really cheap. Yeah. Um, like flying there's cheap, eating, staying, training there's cheap relative to what we pay here. Yeah. Um, and and two, if you are looking for somewhere to go where the weather's good, there's lots to do outside of the the uh, training, but also um, I I respond really well to having like more structure on like a holiday like i can't go and i really don't like going on like a beach holiday really yeah because i'd sit on a beach for like i, I don't want to like get into it too much but i don't like beaches for a start like yeah i like the scenery but you go on a beach there's a lot of sand is it the, annoying right? the water has got salt in it yeah um <laughs> and that there are things that breathe in the water and live there i i great example is if if a plastic bag brushed past my foot now just sat in this room i'd be like well that's just a plastic bag yeah if i'm in the sea and i can't see the floor and a plastic bag touches my foot i'm fucking freaking out it's a jellyfish yeah it's, a, it's, it's definitely <laughs> we're gonna die um i'm not a great swimmer anyway so i tend to swear I, I just get bored with it like I, I, so yeah. I swerve the the relaxing beach holidays my idea of uh, a break is to go somewhere and look after myself a bit more yeah um because I can be like pendulum style destructive with behavior. Yeah. Um, like going out loads one one week Which on and holidays, then training it's pretty hard. pretty easy to just yeah. jump straight into, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. messed up. And I day. think people go on holiday to let their hair down and, yeah. and, and drinking and eating lots goes hand in hand with that for yeah. a lot of people. So for me, it was it's amazing opportunity to get back into the like peak condition yeah. physically, but also in my head. Yeah. Um and like they're they're all Buddhists there and right. you know, as close as I could be to prescribing to a religion, Buddhism would be the one is the one that is the one that I f relate to the most. It's pretty relaxed in in terms of a god that they worship and and how they live their lives, right? They don't really know. Yeah, much well they just they they just believe in the in the teachings of Buddha. Um uh, who was alive I don't know 1500 years before Jesus for example but is a not too dissimilar sort of like figure in that they were both very much practiced mindfulness and being present yeah um and 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 I don't I I really really struggle with that a lot of the time so where my brain's all over the show, I think just taking a moment to be in the moment, yeah, um, being much more mindful of that, and I have to remind myself of it all the time, yeah, um, and like gratitude, yeah, like one thing I noticed with the ties, um, in general, is that um, they 
like if you like mo- most sort of African countries, um, the third world countries who aren't, uh, they don't get much experience of like wealth. Yeah. In that they don't have to see wealthy people all the time. You know, they're quite they're relatively um, content. Yeah, with what they have yeah. because they don't know any different yeah. whereas if you go to most parts of Thailand that, that rely entirely on tourism they see that right? so you could they could be forgiven for not being welcoming of it and yeah. and there being an element of jealousy um, but they really aren't like, right. they're, they're really they're really grateful for what they have they're, lo- they're, they're lovely lovely people like they're just so good to you yeah. um, and obviously that, that hospitality a lot of that is based on them relying heavily on tourism so yeah, they've got to be good business, but yeah. there's just something about um, like people that practice that Buddhist, Buddhist faith that they're very like very calming very present very yeah. mindful um, something I think we could all learn a bit more from to be honest so you had that you had, you said about having a bit of structure whilst you're there. So you was getting up and tra- training pretty much every day. Mm. So did, when did you actually decide? Fuck it, I'm gonna actually have a have a competitive fight out here. Then I've wanted to do it. For, I've wanted to do it for years. Um, but then when I got there, we first couple of days just like you, the climate just fucks you. Like it's like right. forty degrees, ninety yeah. percent humidity, um, and you're jet lagged. So. Um, it takes a couple of days to get into it and the, the training it's like you, you could train up to 10 hours a day there if you wanted we pay for the, like the all-inclusive package there right which is still ridiculously cheap yeah um i think it costs about 250 quid a head right to do everything for, for 10 days really yeah nice. it's ridiculous and that is like loads of excellently coached Thai boxing sessions MMA sessions grappling wrestling some one on one Western boxing well. if you want to do the, the um, private sessions you pay extra but they're okay. like 15 quid or something right um, with like world class coaches some yeah, of them yeah. like they're excellent and they're training pro fighters so right. yeah. um, if anything they have to show some patience with you yeah. um, rather than You're getting your money's not worth. knowing enough yeah um, and so we I, I did entirely um, Muay Thai not because uh, I mean I was training for this MMA fight that I was due to have in, in May, um, but I, I I'm not a shoot. I, I like jujitsu. I like wrestling and, and the ground game, but I love Thai. But I love yeah. com. I love striking. Yeah. Um. And so, just out of laziness, I did all all striking rather yeah. than any ground game because I was just planning to have a, just a punch up in this fight. Right. Yeah. In the, in the MMA uh, yeah, fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so we did like loads of Thai boxing and then kind of for anyone who's practiced any kind of martial art or combat sport when you when you don't do it for a while then you are absolute dog shit and yeah. then after you've done it like done, hit some pads for a bit got your conditioning back then you start to get a bit sharper again kind of loosen up a bit yeah you know? and I then, always feel stiff when I get back to it like yeah you just and just, just conditioning is like you just gas really quickly yeah. uh, and then um, and then I found out there was a fight or a, a, a selection of fights on the last day there and they do it on the last day of every month um, and one guy had pulled out of a fight and then they were asking if people wanted to do it and I, and I thought yeah definitely like now or never I've always wanted to do it and I like to um, we were always talking about getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things Yeah. Um, and I've done it enough now to know that every time you do something that scares you or that's hard or or that 
is nerve wracking. The lead up to it is fucking awful. Yeah. And like, and you feel, you feel always, you're always, I don't care what anyone says, you always either feel like a, a nervousness that is like gut wrenching or you feel an excitement yeah. that it just means you can't concentrate on anything. Yeah. Or a combination of the two. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So, um, and I said I'd do it. And then literally an hour later, um, I had this like I got on a on, on a moped that we'd rented and had this like in between a style moped crash just on my own in a car park, and um, smashed up some other bikes. But subsequently, like the bike like landed on my foot, and you can see my foot. There's like a those big like cut graze all the way up the foot, all the way up the big toe. Sorry, um, and it's quite deep. So it was like it, it wasn't like I mean it was obviously sore, but I, and I knew I could still kind of walk on it. But it's not the best prep for no, a fight. No, I'm surprised you still Thailand. did it after that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things. I was so excited about doing it when they said I could that I just thought, fuck it, I'll just strap it up. Yeah, because when I saw it. the picture of it, I was like, you, I'm not kicking with that foot. Bear in mind, in Thai boxing, you're not supposed to kick with the foot anyway, but the foot ra usually wraps around whatever you're kicking, doesn't it? Yeah. So your, your foot gets sore from just all the pad work. Yeah, and also just without going into the details of like fighting Muay Thai, like your lead foot does a lot of pivoting. Yeah. So if you're left footed and you you pivot from that right foot when you throw a leg kick or a, or a body kick, there's a lot of pressure through that big toe. So of course. that was oh, shit, causing yeah. pain. Yeah. Um, but for those in the know in Thai Thailand, the pharmacies will give you any kind of painkiller. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so. We weren't short of options on that front. <laughs> I don't like taking too many like painkillers or like an opioid like that, but like that it works. Yeah, that's for it was sure. Worth it just to get yeah get your fight done. Uh, so then, like for the for, for the sort of three or four days running up to the fight, I didn't do much. And then on fight night, like the day of the fight, it's just as always when you're preparing for any fight, the day of the fight. I'm just like so restless. I can't yeah, yeah. I can't sit about and like you see like I mean and pro fighters. Who, who do this for a living which I definitely don't like that is their bread and butter right so they, they have done it so many times that yeah. you see them just chilling with like their Beats headphones on yeah. or like playing on like an Xbox or whatever and, and they can chill. like channel that energy um, through experience Yeah. where I'm not a pro fighter and I just was well excited to have a punch up I was just all over the show just super excited yeah um, like freaking out I was like I'm, I'm knackered I'm knackered I can't I'm so tired I've got to have another coffee and like and just thinking I'm, I was I'd get, I was like gassing just thinking about it mad isn't it yeah mad so then um, but then we went to the, the as soon as I got to the like um, the camp and all the seats were set up and people were there sat around started watching the fights I was fine I was just really well that made you it. feel better yeah because I thought that might so it's anticipation that's like yeah. that makes you really anxious um, it's like you said it's always the for it's always the the build up to something that's twice as bad as the, the event today's a classic example for me so I'm, yeah. I've got to go away for work tonight yeah it's the first time I've been away from my wife and the baby since he's been born and I've got to go away only for two nights but that's what I do I go away loads for work but all day in my head I'm just like fucking hell just can't enjoy my day because yeah. now I've got to go yeah, away yeah. tonight and then when I'm saying goodbye to them it's horrible yeah but then as soon as you get out the door and get to work, it all kind of just sort of fades it's away. It's like when like, you've got homework to do and you're just putting it off. Yeah, right. When yeah. you're a kid, you just put it off and off and on. You, 
I always the, the, the saying we use is you might as well just put your cock in the custard. <laughs> <laughs> if there's custard there, just get your cock in it. <laughs> Stop beating around the bush. That's what yeah, I said yeah. to her. Right, I need to leave. I'm not now sure where that even comes from, but um, yeah, <laughs> yes. But so so, I mean, ended up doing the, getting in the ring, doing the fight. I was fucking. I mean, you've seen the video of it, haven't you? I was yeah. gassing hard. Well, you, we were saying like I managed to watch it on Facebook Live, which I'm really happy to do. I didn't realise that was even an option. Um, but yeah, you hit it well. You hit hit the fact that you were gassing well, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, um, we we later found out, and this is the reason why I've had to cancel this next this the next fight in May is that in the first round of, of the fight, and we, we, we can we put this up so people can see it, the fight? Uh, Somewhere? Yeah. On the website, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I'll put, I'll put it on the Facebook page. Okay, we'll put it on the Facebook page. You can see um, in round one, the very first kick that I throw. Have you watched it back now? Yeah, the very first kick, I break my foot. Um, <laughs> That's his thing. Which I didn't realise at the time. But I, um, my, I mean, my foot's in a big like um, space boot at the moment. And is being cast at the week, uh, on Friday because um, I just he I threw a leg kick, a body kick. He checked it with his knee. Um, so you basically just booted his and yeah. You mean elbow? Yeah, knee or elbow. I, you, I can't really make it out. Um, I'm not certain it was that first kick, but I remember kicking him and thinking, "Fuck that hurt." Yeah. And but for people that have never been there before, is that kind of all it is? It's my oh, shit that hurt. It's not like oh my fucking god that hurt. It was just. You're kind of ramped up on adrenaline, right? To actually go. Yeah, I don't think when you first step into the ring, this this the same applies here with like public speaking, like fighting, playing playing a sport in front of lots of people. When you first like stand up there, you notice you're like fucking hell. There's a lot of people here, and like yeah. this is nerve wracking. And then as soon as you start doing what you're doing, you get into like a f uh, almost like a flow state where yeah. you're like. There's so much sensory input that yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. that's taking a back seat. Yeah. Someone's trying to punch you in the face now. <laughs> but I don't really give a shit what's going on in the first row. Yeah. Um, There's no option but to be in the moment here. And, and so when you do, when you do take a like a good shot, you, you haven't got time to think, oh my little foot, or like, oh yeah. you hit me in the face. Like you're just, you're still trying to hit you. Yeah. 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 So I don't think you notice that. And then there must be some survival kind of neurological explanation for that that you just you just got this fight or flight isn't it yeah I remember fighting. in one of my first ones all I can really re I don't know how much of the fight you remember but all I can really remember is a few times him landing really well like square straight down the straight down the line straight in my mouth yeah really all I really felt was I felt my head really jar back and I just remember thinking to myself right he's got you a good one there so you got to return yeah there. But it wasn't like fuck that hurt. It was like, oh, okay, he's just got me right. I need to get him back. One thing I think we, should, I'd like to when we next have a, a like pro fighter on, I want to ask them about that because every time, every fight I've had, every time I've been hit, I'm like, ah, like yeah. like instantly, like almost like go like a poker player would go on tilt. Yeah, like, I'm like right instantly trying like all out attack. Was yeah. I'm like he's got me there. I've got to get him back. Yeah, as you see, a pro fighter will be they're much more calculated. Yeah, it's almost like they're not taking that bait. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... They don't retaliate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a little kid. Yeah. Do you remember the fight? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You did I, well to stay pretty present then. Yeah, you used to... I think I was just windmilling in my one. Yeah. No, I, it was one of the... the if, if Had I got there earlier um, and not had this, like... 
I mean, I won the fight, so I'm I'm not making excuses. But had I got there earlier um, to Thailand and not come off that bike, I think I would have been fitter, yeah, or acclimatized better, yeah, and would have been able to enjoy it more. Yeah, what an idea um, prep. How many days was because it? Because you know when you're like in, you know when you you're all out punching and then you start gassing, you're like, that is the hardest. The, we've all been there, like through one way or another, whether it's training or you gas out hard. Yeah, yeah, when you gas out, you like, I'm fucked here. Yeah. yeah, there's a weird panic. It's like that happens in your chest, isn't there? Yeah. It's like your body's saying we need to breathe, but you can't breathe fast enough. Yeah. And um, when you've got an opponent in front of you, that's a fucking scary place to be. I must admit. Yeah, on your own, it's lonely place in a ring. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but it was, it was. I'm glad I did it. Um, I, I, as with anything, you, I watch it back. I'm like, all technique goes out the window. <laughs> goes out the window. You just like, it's a punch up. Yeah. Um, you just going to survival, I guess. Right? Yeah. Um, and then you know, when you're sparring or, or doing pad work, technically, you feel a hundred times better than that. I guess that's just experience of being in a ring, like getting hit. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I would definitely, I'll definitely go back and do it again. Yeah, um, but I, as I said, I've got to be in a cast for the next six weeks, so which is okay. f the worst possible thing ever for me because yeah. I'm just gonna it's gonna infuriate me. But I'll get massive arms after just, just training up a body. Just train so. arms every day, you'll be fine. Um, that was quite indulgent, just talking about me for half an hour. But more importantly, you've had a baby. Well yeah, done. That, that happened. Cheers. So, ba little baby Teddy, welcome to the. Yeah, welcome to the world. Stay curious. Yep. How's that been? Um, yeah, good. Amazing. The first few days, you don't know what's going on. Literally, tit in a trance. It's, you can't even... Do you say tit in a trance? Yeah. What does that mean? It's a genuine saying. Is it? Like tit in a trance. Tit in a trance, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's just like you're lost in some weird world. Cock in the custard. Cock in the, a bit different to that saying, but... Yeah, go on, carry on. Yeah, you have an expectation of how it's... Because um, you hear people say, I've heard, heard people say, when um, my child was born, it was the best day of my life. And you kind of prepare yourself, I can't wait for this to be the best day of my life. And then it happens. And I'm like, I always sort of knew this would happen <laughs> because there's a few honest people out there that say, no, it's not the best day of your life. It's the most fucking terrifying day of your life. And yeah. I can now, yeah, say that's exactly what it is. But it's the days after you start to go, ah, right, everything is just completely changed in an instant now and that's fucking cool and he's this little thing that you just stare at all day and, and that's the cool thing but at the time shit man that's scary scary stuff because you know your wife's going into labour and she's in the most pain you've ever seen her in yeah there's nothing you can do about it and you've got to be completely on point to keep her calm because that's so important obviously for the safe delivery of the baby for her and the yeah. baby you've got to get her to hospital and and yeah just be with her the whole time basically so there's a lot of pressure there I mean I can only speak from my point of view obviously Alison's gone through fucking the worst of it here but I think b blokes get a bit of a bad rep as well because it's just like you just shut your mouth and be there <laughs> whereas actually you're going through some shit as well and yeah seeing her go through all that was pretty pretty damn intense bearing in mind you've been awake for god knows how long and then he arrives yeah I bet that's tough because like, it's not about you is it but it kind not of is not at all not you know, at all but yeah. in your head you're like oh, it kind of is about yeah. me so it's hard for like, me to sort of halfway through the labour we had a quite quick labour considering I think what some people go through we was quite lucky but so it was like four and a half hours I think but I remember probably about three three and a half hours in just thinking to myself I fucking really really want this to end now this is yeah. fucking like bearing in mind you've just been watching your wife scream in agony for well since 
obviously she's not screaming when contractions start at home but she's bent over in massive yeah, like, pain yeah and you're being told you just got to stay at home until contractions are certain amount apart and then yeah so it's an intense few hours and then yeah halfway through i just rem remember thinking fucking hell i need this to end now this is horrible because then you start worrying is this all going to be all right and all that and then you what you've seen all these fucking scary you know things on telly of when it's not all right and all that shit and that starts Could going it be through the time yeah. yeah and then you're just fucking praying that everything's all right and then when he did finally come out um there was a lot of time um trying to get the waters broke they just wouldn't break and she spent a lot of energy trying to get him past that but they broke our waters for us in the end but then when he come out he was still and not moving and that was the most fucking that's like i was suspended from reality for a few seconds like the emergency button they told me to push the emergency button all the doctors and that run in you had to press it yeah because it was right it was like behind behind alice and next to me on my side of the bed where i was standing standing you can up. press that quick enough could you smash I, it yeah it's almost <laughs> like i don't really know what happened it was almost an out-of-body experience like i was looking at the whole thing from above the room it was weird yeah anyway I hit this button and then all the doctors come running in but and thankfully within seconds they sort of roughed him up and then straight away started crying and it was just like it was literally like i was suspended from the whole thing like i was it wasn't reality i was just i was kind of watching it it was weird yeah but anyway yeah thankfully he was he was absolutely fine and he and he comes That's straight around like a highly stressed situation. yeah yeah you don't i didn't really realize how highly stressed i was because i think i did well to stay cool and keep allison cool i doubt you were cool <laughs> I was, well, I, was, I was super cool um but yeah first time for everything but then a few few days later you then realize oh shit like i am done for like i'm trying to you're trying to sort of unwind from the, the stress of the whole thing and yeah oh it's just fucked and Alison was fine there's something else seems to kick in with mum it's weird I was in bits. You mentioned that she was like awake for like two days straight. And I reckon just three fine. days she actually didn't sleep. She might have had a couple of hours in, in like a single hour stint and, and I was embarrassed. I could barely keep my eyes open next to the bed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'd be, I'd be, my job was to, you know, change him and wind him and stuff between feeding him. Um, and yeah, after like, I think I'd probably been awake for maybe just over 24 hours and then started to crash pretty hard. Yeah. And she was like, I think you should probably try and get some sleep. And I'm like, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how is she caring for um, me right now? I'm yeah. supposed to be caring for her. And she was absolutely fine. It's like this instinct kicks Maternal in. Instinct, yeah. But even now, I'm, I'm, I've got a theory that we need more sleep than women anyway, because even now I'll crash out and she's, she's still going. I think she posted a picture of me fast asleep. Um, yeah, I liked it. I'm not sure if that's true, Rick. No, I'll have to have a, I'll have to look at that. I don't know. She's like, well, she's not great at sleeping in the day anyway. But um, she's still having, you know, fuck all sleep because she deals with the brunt of the night feeds anyway. So, but yeah, amazing, amazing, crazy, weird journey. But when he's first here, you know, you're trying to, you're hearing all these people in my head say, "Oh, it's the best day of your life." But then you've got him in your arms, and it's just utter confusion. Like, what the fuck's going on? I imagine on? it. I mean, I I'm pretty childish in that respect because i don't haven't experienced it but also like it sounds terrifying yeah it was um and then like you then got this is the bit that blows my mind a bit first it blows my mind that women are capable of growing a baby inside yeah. them yeah that, i mean however you look at it that is a miracle yeah it's right? mental uh and just be so beautiful but also You've got another human to look after now. Yeah. 
That sounds, that's pretty scary, right? Or is it? No, do you know what? That's, I kind of. Because you've got to feed him now until he's. That's not freaked me out yet. 17. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that's not freaked me out. I mean, we're all different. I bet different things. I feel like you should be freaked out about that, Rick. No, that doesn't freak. I don't know why that doesn't no. freak me out. I feel like that's, yeah, okay, cool. That's I feel like that's what now. you're supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. What does freak me out is how um, relentless it is and how it's going to continue on that level. Because I've always been very independent. Freedom's always been quite important to me. Yeah. Um, do like my alone time, my own time. Weirdo. <laughs> Whereas you're the opposite. Yeah. Um, and that's all gone. See ya. That's gone now. So that freaks me out a little bit. But other than that, no. It's also um, quite mind blowing that you spend nine months. You know it's coming, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> presumably. You try you know, and you, you know it's coming. And then, like, we're talking like less than a day, and you've suddenly, it's like he's there. Yeah. You, I bet there's people who are listening to this who are like like parents of like three, four kids and they're like, shut the fuck yeah. up. Like, this is it's what we're supposed it. to be doing. But it is, yeah. 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 I mean, you're a week in, all right? Two weeks two in. Two weeks yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. You should be used to it now, two weeks. Yeah, just get over it, Rick. Fucking hell. Uh, that is, yeah. I mean, welcome to little Teddy. He's yeah. beautiful. But shout out to all the women out there who've given birth because fucking hell. She's got neck muscles I didn't even know existed. <laughs> Not a vein in her eyeball. Yeah, full on fucking pulling me all over the place, screaming the ass down. It's fucking crazy. Did you hold on to your hand and crush it? Yeah. I imagine that happens. Yeah. She double, double, yeah, hand and forearm. I was getting pulled about. It was more pulling, arriving around than a, than a hand crushing. Like piss in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all changed now. But it's cool. It's, it's sort of the... Um, uh, the purpose I've been craving for a while. Yeah, like I can imagine. Getting caught up in my own shit far too much, chasing success far too much. I don't know what is it, what I define success as, but chasing something, some form of achievement far too much. But now that kind of falls away a bit and it's more about... The family. Yeah, just doing stuff for... Got a proper little family, haven't you? Yeah, just got to work for don't him. Don't want a 60 them, kilo yeah. Rottweiler to join it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, he eats far too much, mate. I couldn't keep up that. Um, yeah, that's. I kind of want one now. Yeah, yeah. That purpose is is quite nice. I bet. Yeah, it's not quite nice. It's really nice. It's life changing. Alison, it's, it's really nice. <laughs> oh, good. So she's well. That's good. Yep, everybody's well, mate. Everybody's well. So Rick, we're going to um, have a chat about a couple of books. Yeah, we've been going through. So for anyone listening, we, we've um, this is kind of last minute because uh, we've both been, as you know, going through a lot of stuff. Rick's um, sec- not quite as important as mine, but like he has been going through some stuff too. <laughs> uh, so we we thought we'd put together um, like a little book review of a couple of books we've read either recently or who, that have made uh, like an impact on our way of thought or um, our just general well-being. Um, I've got a, I've got a few actually, Rick. You yeah. said to pick one, but I picked a few. So. Yeah, I went for two in the end, but I was trying to think of ones that uh, have a long-lasting effect. Now, bearing in mind, I've still got plenty to read, and I think there's one on your list that you've told me about that I really want to read about the um, concentration. The person that's one of mine. Camp. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to read that once I've finished mine. Mine have all been a lot about. Um, obviously business and self-improvement in the last few years which again gets a bit intense 
um a bit samey some of them aren't they as well yeah yeah and it's funny because although one of the ones that i've um got on my list it's cash cash flow quadrant which is the second book in the rich dad poor dad um what's it called selection of books selection of books <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell um robert cat robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki, yeah. Kiyosaki, yeah. um so it's his second book that taught me quite a lot about finances and just kind of made me grow up a bit around my finances but then after that one it kind of comes with a warning my one because it's a great book that teaches you a hell of a lot about finances and um yeah like i said it kind of made me grow up a little bit with mine and have a bit more ambition and change my thought pattern around money but then at the same time i then went on to read another book after that called um think and grow rich which i think napoleon hill yeah yeah i think you've read also which is I quite have. intense but quite good um it's a little bit like the secret the whole attracting abundance and all that yeah. sort of thing but then since then so i've read that finance book and then a book about getting rich and then since then i've actually made myself a bit unhappy in the pursuit of money right and i've been like this isn't what it's all about surely surely not i've been thinking it's a funny one because it's it changed my opinion on money i used to be very much the person of money doesn't matter at, at all but then i run out of money massively <laughs> when i started the business <laughs> and i was like it is not about being skin it was some of the worst couple of years of my life being skin is yeah. the most stress ever yeah um and then it made me realize that money is actually freedom and there's and it's not a dirty word and you have to be careful with your relationship with money i think which is what again i've learned recently because chasing it maybe some some people are happy chasing it i don't know but it made me a bit unhappy focusing on money because you start to forget about everything you've got and how lucky i am to have so much that i've already got and yeah it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter um but what does matter to me is that i could have freedom the um the ability to say no to things and the ability to pursue hobbies the ability to travel with my family and, yeah and that's what money brings I, 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 I bet there is a lot of people that feel exactly the same yeah in that it's 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 all well and good saying money doesn't buy happiness and we know that that's true to an extent but it certainly helps mm. with a lot of things yeah. freedom being one of them um i, I think a, a a lack of money a distinct lack of money almost always causes some degree of unhappiness yeah so definitely. rather than like looking at it as the though like we have to have this huge abundance of capital to spend like having to scratch about to pay your bills definitely makes you unhappy yeah i mean yeah, it's just it, it's just stress and it's and it's pretty constantly on your mind as well if you're yeah if you're um struggling so go on what, what was the what was the book uh it's called cash flow quadrant and it's his second book the rich dad book's pretty good um and that definitely opened my mind up but the cash flow quadrant really taught me that it actually taught me that i value freedom quite a lot because it talks about the difference between a business owner an employee an investor and a self-employed person and it actually went through a lot of the drives behind um a lot of these people and and if you're um you know happy in full-time employment and you like all the benefits then you're quite a security-based person yeah. you like that security you know where your paycheck's coming from and bearing in mind you can have enough money by doing any one of these things he's not saying you have to be a business owner or an investor 
but he's saying you know to to have abundance of freedom then you should probably aim for one of them two things but it talks talked about um how self-employed people really value freedom because um they go at it alone it's a little bit like that e-myth book that you yeah. make like you make the mistake of being the engineer i'll do this i'll do that you don't really trust anyone else to do as good a job as you so you do everything that's kind of the self-employed mentality yeah which i kind of have to a degree and this book opened my mind made me realize that i have that and that i can let go particularly now i'm getting into more project management stuff except you're much better than me at this job you should yeah. do that rather than being a jack of all trades and yeah a master it, of none. it's made me kind of focus on what i'm good at and not worry the fact that there's people that are better at me at certain things give them that responsibility. It, yeah yeah so it's definitely opened my mind up to that and taught me about sort of freedom that I value that quite a lot. Um, and it's also got some really good kind of just grassroots tips on where you should start if you really want to kind of start sorting out your finances. And it's some things is, that sound simple when you say it back of, you know, concentrating on clearing your debt first and then also then concentrate on building um, a rainy day fund before you know before you're looking to invest anything and that's again something that i learned recently is because and this is a really good takeaway for other people i think and i might just be t teaching people to suck eggs but when i i was um on tour last year and i got quite ill and I had to pull out of the last couple of weeks of the tour so I lost quite a lot of money then i had to pull out of another job which was going to see me through january yeah so now i've gone a month without working and i've had some medical expenses as well because it was um, as you know, I had to look in, really look into what was wrong with me. It kept coming back and back, some infection. And I spent quite a lot of money on getting some private scans done. And <laughs> Sorry, why, I was... Why are you laughing make, at me? Right I now? was going to make a really shit joke, but... <laughs> then, <laughs> then I was just before. holding it in. <laughs> and then I just smirked. On that. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, spent a lot of money on private scans. And then before you know it, as a self-employed person, like, funds are very... You're still laughing. Why are you laughing? Just give us a minute, folks. Chris has got to compose himself. <laughs> just, I've got a little voice in my head. It's like, say it, mate. Say it. Just say the joke, then. Let's get it. It wasn't done. even a joke. Oh. <laughs> it was, you, were, you were saying about an infection. I was going to make some sort of. <laughs> I mean, it's not even worth talking about. You should have done it because now it's not even right. remotely funny. Right, okay. We're all right. Yeah, you're fine. So, go on. Carry on. <laughs> anyway, the point I'm making is before I knew it, um, I'm not working, got no money coming in, and I've exhausted whatever funds I did have. And that was quite, that was a bit of a lesson, which come at a time of, you know, when yeah. I'm reading these books about. And then it just made me look back and think, oh, you've been overspending recently as well, overspent on a holiday. You haven't actually got any savings. Yeah. And see, then I, it made me realize, you idiot, you should have. And again, the book goes into this. You should have at least two months, like a minimum of two months' expenses in the bank at all time. Because yeah, because something will happen. A couple of mistakes away from fucking hell. How am I going to pay the that mortgage? I think is what, one of the parts that sort of breeds that fear and that unhappiness. Yeah, yeah. Is if you like, if shit hits the fan, like if your boiler breaks or like you have a car crash or something happens and you haven't got any money, that's when like it becomes really stressful. Yeah. But at the time when someone's saying, yeah, save 20% of your income to a rainy day fund, you're like, yeah, but I want to buy that new like set of pair of trainers or earphones or like yeah, whatever. Yeah. I want to go on holiday. Yeah. I don't need it. Like it's, it's, I reckon this like the vast majority of people live 
on like that month to month paycheck definitely um in a degree of comfort and then have to go through these like shit storms i've done it yeah you do know, you do you now have do you keep sort of a couple of months worth aside all the time nah, uh well no yes yes and no like I, I try i try to um but having my own business this is an excuse really but if we've if we earn like an additional income then we always put it back into the business yeah right um so that is my sort of safety blanket i guess um yeah to a degree. You've got but yeah i mean yeah but, but yeah i, that I think a... everyone should it's just so much easier said than done yeah like especially when you're like building a family and building a career yeah and like I, i'm a big fan as you know like I, I spend a lot of money on um on learning yeah no like, yeah. i i, I, I actually think if you're in your like certainly in your 20s even in your 30s i mean even your like 40s like you've i, I think everyone should be spending money on learning yeah you know i, I arguably more so than saving yeah in your 20s definitely yeah definitely like you, you this is the thing that um and i've said this to you before is that like pretty much every, like you, you've got to be careful whose advice you pay for that's yeah. for certain but there there are people who that every bit of information that we've ever known ever is now available on that screen you've got in front of you yeah um whether and, and some of it you have to pay for some of it's free all of it takes time um, and there is an opportunity cost that comes with spending time doing something because yeah. you could be spending that time working or earning more money. Um, but it's quite hard to like prize that money out of people sometimes when you're like, oh, spend £2,000 going on a course. You're like, well, what about that new car? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. That is difficult. On but, a holiday or... Um, I, wish, I wish I'd done more of it earlier. Yeah, same as. But I think that's kind of what most people go through isn't it in their in their yeah. late teens and and certainly through their 20s we we all wish we'd saved a yeah, bit more just going out getting pissed and stuff like as well like yeah. that is one thing that is is i mean i don't begrudge anyone going out and spending money having a good time i certainly did enough of it yeah um and and until quite recently still did but like if, if there's ever a bigger waste of money it's yeah. like just going to the pub every night yeah um but I think you only really start to care about wasting money when you start to well certainly once I got into my 30s yeah, the only yeah, time yeah. I thought about it one thing I wanted to mention when you were talking about the um, like different ways of like earning money um, being employed being self-employed being an entrepreneur people make a mistake of thinking that being an entrepreneur investor um, is a surefire way of earning freedom and money yeah and that working for someone else is like not the way forward and like and, and i i've never worked for other people yeah um well, when i was like a teenager maybe but um but i can assure the people that do work for other people the grass is not always greener yeah, um, i know a lot of people who work for other people who are incredibly well off mm. um and secure yeah and don't have to worry about um, their private health care, their holiday pay, their sick pay. And their lives aren't consumed by their work. They can leave work at work. Yeah. Um, they enjoy their jobs. I mean, yeah. there's there's bundles of people that hate their jobs, but like, yeah. I I know it's I know people who love their job, get paid really well, and are secure. Yeah. Um, and having always lived on the other side of that, 
having to um uh, like being my own boss is amazing it, it it's good when it's good but when it's bad it's, like it's bad. fucking stressful and yeah. and you can't leave that shit at work yeah um and i was talking to um my business partner jason the other day about this and like we've got an amazing team of staff and and everyone they kind of run their own little businesses in their own right and they're and they're all um very talented but it must be nice for them to be able to leave that stuff like that they don't have to worry about turning the lights on in the morning and yeah. like how much it costs to keep the business running yeah. um and paying staff and national insurance and tax yeah. and vat um and rent yeah rates equipment costs people don't like see general running of, of, of a business if you've got a brick and more bricks and mortar business like you've just you've got to be grafting just to stay afloat so yeah. when businesses go well obviously they can be valuable and bring you an amazing income but when they're not going well which all businesses will go through yeah like no one's just opening a business and it just Takes like off. these unicorn businesses that you see are very rare and even those are having their like periods of like real doubt when yeah. they're like is it worth it yeah they're balls deep in debt yeah you know this is it's a struggle so I don't. I don't think people should be looking at. There's a lot of salespeople who do a good job of selling these products, like freedom in in five months or yeah. earn a hundred grand a year sat at home. Yeah. You know, ten grand a month on your laptop on a beach, um, or invest in this business. I can show you how to get rich. This bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, there there is, you know, there are obviously great people that you can pay for advice from, but you've got to be mega careful because they're always like i mean one of the things you see now is this like trading online yeah i mean with all due respect being a trader and i know a number of them you don't learn how to do that no on an online fucking course yeah right it takes takes some learning and um, some probably hefty mistakes you know, as well if if you're doing that just learning on your laptop you may you may you may and i'll call it winning some money because you're essentially gambling yeah um that's that you've got to be that is graft yeah. and that is dangerous and that is a lot of money you can lose yeah i've seen it i've seen people do it yeah um but the book's good at making that point that you don't have to be the business owner or mm. um sorry yeah yeah i was just rambling there or the um that if you know if you have got a decent job not even a decent job if you're just putting some money away then you can invest you know you can invest that money and have savings and make smart decisions around money but it, it really kind of opens my eyes up to options do you know what i mean yeah and, and got to and helped me get to know what drives me a bit more as well i think people are like often and all of us are looking for this like get rich quick like that is the thing that people want isn't it yeah. like you don't want to have to spend 20 years relying on compound interest to like yeah. have a decent pension 30 years 40 years yeah but the the real harsh reality is slow and steady yeah is how you get rich yeah absolutely um and i i can rich dad poor dad says exactly that that's one of the main points of the book is yeah you know it doesn't happen overnight yeah it's making constant cash flow quadrant decision. i'm gonna read cash it cash flow quadrant yeah really good very good um what's your first book you want to talk about um so I, as i mean we're both big fans of reading i've been reading so much recently i, I wrote, read a lot yeah, when i was away through books pretty quick yeah right? i'm a bit slower yeah no um i'm trying to do i'm trying to do two books a week at the moment really yeah um 
but I'm a, I'm a sucker for like I'm reading like five books at the moment right. because I read a bit and I'm like a bit bored yeah. move on to the next one so yeah. I'm trying to like be a bit more focused um, but one that I've just read for a second time recently was is uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl um, now I, I, this this appears on like loads of top ten lists of books to read right um, and it's well well worth reading for anyone particularly people interested in in psychology um essentially like victor frankl like during the holocaust he spent he spent three years as a prisoner in auschwitz um and like so as such the, the book is sort of themed around survival right um and how to create that inner freedom when externally you're suffering um so the, the the first half of the book i guess tries to answer the question of like what is life like inside a concentration camp right and i mean it's like like harrowing yeah some of the stories um and and then, then i guess the second half of the book is trying to him trying to figure out how to cope with that um external horror yeah um and just remain um like not let it break him right i i can't i haven't got it here but there's like a statistics that he was um that he mentions that, that like just like 90 like the vast majority of people died in there and the yeah. ones that seemed the ones that managed to survive were the ones that were able to um take more meaning from their thoughts than just like the the horrendous things happening to them yeah um and i i don't know it's like it's, i guess the the thing that influenced me the most about it was um that like that, that people go through these horrendous ordeals and uh, firstly not only are able to survive them but secondly they are able to take meaning from them right. that makes them a better person yeah um and you know when you're being tortured f for all intense purposes and you can like take that those feelings and and thoughts and create meaning from them yeah i mean that that takes some that takes some doing when your wife and children have been killed yeah well that's what he thought anyway um so his family you, were in there with him no no he got they were killed well he thought they were killed right um and um and everyone else and i mean they're they're like severely malnourished and like to the point where like most of them died from starvation right um or like disease and they're being tortured like and like being made to like forced to work all hours like graft like digging holes and yeah. like but like back breaking work whilst like severely undernourished and underslept and like just no clothes like just it's sickening and without going into like the the, the horrific the, the holocaust in general like we know the details yeah. of that i don't think we need to know any more about that um but like he one one of the things he was saying in it was which really struck home with me was that he was when they fell asleep the little sleep they did have you can't stop your brain from like dreaming right and so he he would sleep and then occasionally he would be dreaming about seeing his wife yeah. and like being back to like his he was a, a um he was a lecturer 
um, or a professor and back to his life before. Yeah. And as we all know, when we dream, like quite often they feel like super real. Yeah. That to the point where you you're convinced it's real. Yeah. And then he was saying, but then he would be woken up like super brutally by the guards, yeah. like whacking him. And then you can you can imagine that switch from being like peaceful, happy to waking up and like imagine like that. I don't know, it'd be really difficult that to fear, explain, that but that dread. like horror dread, like that you're still like in a cell. In, it was a dream. Yeah. yeah. And that must just be like... Fucking hell, yeah. Yeah, just horrific. Um, Where's he from, the guy? Um, Austria, Australia, I believe. Right. Might not be true, though. Um, but it's it's just such... It's well worth a read. I mean, he, he has um, his own approach called logotherapy, um, which loosely translates to like denotes mean like finding meaning um and the general premise is that we can't as humans we can't avoid suffering but we can always derive meaning from it right yeah um and you know when 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 you suffered from some hardship and i'm not i'm not for a second saying i've had like this horrifically hard life i certainly haven't i've been really blessed and lucky as have all of us that are yeah living in the southeast or living in the uk in fact yeah um but we all go through periods where we suffer hardship or like disappointment or sadness or heartbreak yeah um and like quite often it's really easy for us to to like dwell on it or or overthink or become depressed or get sad um so it's really difficult to derive meaning from these things but like then you read a book like this and then it makes you think if you can leave a concentration camp um in auschwitz having become a better man yeah then because i spilt a coffee in my car on the way to work yeah. and had some road rage like you, you've just got to grow the fuck up a bit and yeah well, um, you need constant reminding to yourself though, yeah isn't it? yeah it's yeah is it a, is it quite a daunting read or an uplifting read in 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 whole it's powerful um it, it, it was it's definitely uplifting yeah um, but just having to read some of the like the first half of the book there's a lot of there's a lot of like oh fuck I did, like cause we kind of our generation in particular and our generation onwards we're a bit detached from that now yeah from what actually happened yeah um, and certainly like millenn- centennials and, and onwards uh, even more so yeah um, yeah well I remember we went to um, the Imperial War Museum in London and they had the Holocaust exhibition there where you'd sort of walk around and that was that was really, really heavy, but quite yeah. important to do, I think, as well, to remember. Because it is all about remembering them, isn't it? As yeah. From, from, yeah, we were, I was talking to it yesterday. I was talking to someone yesterday about it and like the, 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 these are like 18, 19-year-old kids yeah. that were forced to go and fight and sit in a trench yeah, yeah. fight and be killed and yeah for what purpose for what mean for what ending i yeah. mean yeah for for essentially for some nutter that was 
a lunatic yeah but um yeah i mean it's not i've made it sound really depressing that book now i mean no one's gonna read it (laughs) but it it is fucking reading that honestly it's really inspirational it really is like he and and it's extremely well written to have a lasting lasting effect yeah it's not often i read a book more than once yeah um so yeah i would recommend everyone read that book yeah um, like yeah your book sounds alright but it's like, okay it's about <laughs> fucking cash but this is a bit deeper yeah I, I'm on a, I'm on one at the moment with stuff like that but that's what I mean I haven't read yeah. I, that I need something like that next and also need a bit of fiction just to um, uh, help switch off a little bit and get you know f- back in love with reading a yeah. story rather than have you than got any learning, good learning, fiction learning. recommendations because I never read fiction no same as when I was um, in college I used to read quite a lot it was all gangster books like The Godfather and yeah. um, Goodfellas and stuff like that but um, no uh, your brother's actually given me one that I've started but again I always just seem to navigate back to books I can learn from yeah um, but he gave me uh, he gave me a book called The Girl With All The Gifts which is He's mentioned that to me. He's, he said it's amazing. And, and there, there's a lot of learning to be done through fiction as well, right? Do you like, I don't know. I think there I is. sometimes struggle to find the... I think there is. Uh, that being said, I don't read anything. <laughs> yeah, but... I'm for sure me, there's lots of people who read fiction as like primarily that would, would disagree with that. Like, yeah. I would say there's lots to know. Certainly about how to write as well. True, yeah. Um, yeah. What's your second book, Rick? Um, it is The War of Art, not to be confused oh, with The Art of War. Sanzu. Yeah, so it's not that one. It's The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, and it's all about why we don't do the things that we want to do. So why we procrastinate, why we don't um, pick up them books, why we don't pick up the paintbrush, why we don't start that business, blah, blah, blah. Why we don't do these things, why we procrastinate. And he... He refers to it as a resistance, which is basically fear. Star Wars. The resistance. He refers to it as stormtroopers, and um, <laughs> it's a really good book. Uh, Ewok. Yeah. Ewok? Is that Ewok, yeah, yeah, them funny little bear dudes. Yeah. Go on, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so he refers to it as resistance, which is basically fear, and talks about how, what that fear means, what's behind it, how our bodies are still, you know, millions of years old, and we're still programmed. Yours looks it. <laughs> Got it. Well, I haven't slept in a while. <laughs> well, um, go on. What do, what do you mean? I, um, well, so we're 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 programmed to conserve energy and avoid danger, right? Yes. Whereas that served a massive purpose when there's it was no saber toothed tigers chasing us. There's no tigers now. out there yeah. anymore. What is there? Some tigers, but they're not saber tooth. There isn't any. <laughs> I saw one in Thailand. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we still have that programmed into us and it's you have to fight it every day Mm. and he puts it really well as in the battle with resistance is fought every single day and it never gets any easier it's like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone that does not get any easier every single time it's really fucking hard and it's not like you get practice at it and get better at it you have to push yourself through it every single time and whether it's something as stupid as procrastinating over an email finishing a book an article a blog even doing a social media post for something you care about you know we procrastinate over that and he talks about it the the fear of it and how nowadays it's mostly the fear of losing money it's the massive part of it is the fear of looking stupid i agree yeah which is ridiculous because when you really think about it 
who really gives a shit if you do look stupid and how many how often if you do do something that's stupid and you look stupid or you have a failure once it's happened it doesn't really matter do you think you that this really is in care. part due to like this like whole social media like like the way that we portray this perfect self yeah the perfect example of you and then people are just really afraid to make mistakes maybe maybe sometimes I'll, I'll be like I'll be writing I, I know I've got like to write a blog post or something or to record a video yeah. and I can spend like months putting it off yeah and yeah. then I do it and I'm like oh, why didn't I just do that months ago or like I think um, like learning a new skill is a really good one a really good example like say you wanted to like learn a new language I mean how many of us want to learn a new language and yeah. just haven't done yeah. it yeah you know, there's, there's, or, or learn how to play a guitar. Yeah. You know, but you put it off for something else. It's so easy to do that. Yeah. Um, but then you, you know, you then you. This is this is like my point with like investing in yourself and doing the courses and things like that. Is that why don't we do it? Sometimes you look at other people doing things. You're like, how do they, how are they so good at that? How do they know how to do that? But they've had to go through that exact same path. Like no yeah. one was born knowing how to code computers yeah. or like play the, the acoustic. Like no one, yeah. like everyone's gone through that journey. And they've had that same fear and procrastination as well. And everyone is capable of learning everything, yeah. anything. So yeah. not everything. Um, so yeah, I completely relate to that. Like I, I do it all the time. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a, quite a short read as well. And it really, um, it really helps to, it talks about getting a bit more organized. It talks about how also something I always remember, and this helps me to this day when I'm trying to get a project over the line, whatever it is, or do anything. It says how the fear, he calls it resistance, ramps up. He says, when you get to the finish line, he said the fear and resistance increases because it's like that, you know, touching the void kind of thing. Yeah. He said it ramps up and it, it always will. And I always find that when pr probably when you're getting to the end of your blog post, it's pretty much written and you haven't posted it yet. Yeah, and then and you, then you might like, leave it. Yeah. yeah, you might leave it. Yeah, and it's mental. You could still not post it, but you're probably happy with it. But it, and it talks about really good tactics for understanding that and just pushing through. I'm it. definitely gonna read that. Yeah, because once you've done it as well, and like you press post or like you just send the letter or send the email, you finished. Yeah. You're like you feel a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And and that can spur you on to do more. There's a book called Deep Work actually, which talks about like um, structuring your day to avoid procrastination, and that right. like these first couple of hours of the day, like very early on, is where you should be doing this creative work um, while you've still got some like willpower and motivation in the tank. Yeah. And then moving on to those more trivial things like emails and shit afterwards. Yeah. That's worth a read. Yeah. I can't remember who wrote that, but um, yeah. I completely relate to that. I mean, I'm fucking excellent at procrastinating. Yeah, yeah. I think you get better as you get older as well, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I feel no, like I have as well. But for no yeah, who wrote that? Uh, Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield. The War of Art. Have very, you read The Art of War? No. I tried to. Have you? Uh, I started it. It's a pretty famous book, right? But It's old. Yeah, I don't feel like I've got any enemies to <laughs> attack either, so... <laughs> I've I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, it. Yeah, true. Same be... as, but I think it's a lot of you hear about it in the in the fight world, obviously, don't you? For it's about what tactics of like psychological warfare yeah. and the old reverse kipper tactic. I think he actually says the reverse kipper in there as well. Is that real? I'm reading. No, that. I'm talking. I'm shit, reading man. it. I'm talking. Reading shit. it tonight. Stay up yeah. all night if I have to. Yeah, and that's um, that's one that I've gifted to people as well a few times. Whether they've they've probably procrastinated and not read it, but 
I think everyone I've met anyone who doesn't procrastinate yeah and it is fear that's all it comes down to when you really think about it most of the time you're just scared of looking stupid and that's what, have you got is. things at the moment that you want to do but you've been putting off uh, yes doing a blog for this podcast yeah um, putting on my own event but it's hard as well because when you've got other things going on you kind of let yourself off a bit more don't you well that's yeah. what I've been finding. yeah busy being busy yeah I, I've I've been for maybe five years been wanting to learn just a bit more about creative design about like just how to put together some really simple like flyers posters things because oh, really, yeah. every every week at work we're like doing some sort of promotion or um, I need stuff quick to go out some like digital design yeah and I've paid thousands, tens of thousands of pounds for it over the last five years, yeah. maybe longer, if, over the last 10 years, in fact. Yeah. And every time I'll ring up, like, and, and they're all good. They're all, they've all done good jobs, um, most of them. But to pay like a graphic designer to like do a bit of work, you've got the whole rigmarole of writing the content and sending it to them, them sending back ideas, which you have yeah. to pay for, and then you send it back again. And it takes Take like, it. you're talking like a week, if not more, there's something that I was only relevant for a day and uh, like yeah. I would love to be able to just rattle something out quickly yeah I'm sure I could learn how to do that yeah there, I mean there, there are apps there's an app I found out about last night um, from Liz she sh showed me it called Canva right have you seen this no have a look it's excellent and it's almost exactly what I'm looking for to it be able to really do that yeah it's just to... loads of templates like they don't have to be like perfect it just has to be quite a lot of the time we let perfection become the enemy of progress always yeah. in fact yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll do this all the time so I think that that's quite often why we fail to hit the post button at the end yeah. is you're like is it good enough Yeah. I don't know and then you're like oh, I don't think that's good enough people will think it's shit I'm not going to post it Yeah. and then all of a sudden that moment where it was relevant is gone Yeah. Um, you know done is better than perfect sometimes yeah absolutely I think that's something that helped me again launch this podcast that was something I procrastinated yeah. over for quite a while but I think it was something I heard on another podcast about how someone was talking about launching their website and just accepting the day you launch that website is probably the worst it's ever going to be. It's only yeah, going to improve yeah. from there and just kind of accept that. And that's why when we launched the podcast, we wasn't really ready. We was pretty shit at it. The first few episodes lose your way a little bit, but I just thought that doesn't really matter because I'll, I'll improve over time at it. And I think that's what I learned again when, when I started my business. It took me a long time to get that over the line yeah. as well. And, yeah, yeah. and I overdid the detail. Yeah. And I lost track of some of the important things. So, like uh, uh, someone who's been on this podcast, actually, Damon, who's been on this podcast, he's he said that the, him and Ian, his business partner, that they use this quote that, that um, just keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and that's such a good point. Like, you've got you've got to just keep moving forward yeah. and and there's a lot of people certainly in my industry and I'm, I'm just because I'm not that knowledgeable about anyone else's the people who are very successful turn up yeah right they turn up every day yeah one one um uh, a guy we, we spoke to about Ben Coomba who's who's a friend of ours um he he's just like constant posting like there's people like he gets he gets slagged off by loads of people but the body coach in my industry um Joe Wicks who like is hated by loads of people in our industry because he's done so well probably. Yeah. yeah. Um turns up every day. You know, yeah. there's lots of content. Yeah. And and these guys, I know from having spoke to them, that they post thousands of posts 
before people started noticing right. what they're doing. Yeah. Not just them two, but anyone who's, you see anyone who is a success, like those overnight successes took years. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's just that no one noticed them before. Yeah. They're just in the background, slogging away, turning up every day, getting shit done. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that all these posts and blogs and videos are perfect. It Some just means they're shit, done. But done they're is better going. than perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm so guilty of that as well. Yeah. Sometimes I'll put off like something that I know is going to help me personally or the business progress to answer some fucking emails that are relatively mainly, unhelpful. Yeah. yeah. But it's easy. Yeah. Path of least resistance is quite often the path we take, right? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So I'm going to read that because that's exactly that what I need. It's a nice short read as well. Yeah. It's perfect. I'll read the first chapter of that. Yeah. Tonight. Then move move on <laughs> to another book probably. Good. Okay. Well, I'll just keep um, moving forward as we suggest. Yep. Um, my second one today is the only other book I've read twice this year so far. Um, and this is a book called I Forgot to Die um, by a guy called Khalil Rafferty. Um, this is like a roller coaster read right. uh, about a guy uh, who went to live in LA in the 90s, had it all. He's working with Hollywood movie stars, rock musicians, um, and like had loads of bizarre jobs that were all super exciting. Um, was like a really charismatic guy, very charming by all accounts. Um, got up to loads of mischief and then kind of found his way into this like dark underbelly of, of LA, um, like got addicted to heroin, cocaine, hit rock bottom, became paranoid, suffered with psychosis. Right. Um, and like he basically, once he hit rock bottom, he picked up a shovel and kept on digging like for years. <laughs> it is fucking insane. Like, right. um, he, the guy like overdosed like nine times, tried to kill himself, um, like in and out of prison, in and out of rehab. Yeah. Um, like I can't eat some of the stories from it. I couldn't even, I can't even talk about like even on this podcast because right. they're like a lowest line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I on will, this podcast, <laughs> I will, t I will tell you one because I thought it was funny that he was. I think I think he he said at this point this was the lowest he he'd gone. So he he'd, he'd been a crackhead, heroin addict for years now and he'd been thrown bones right so his right. family and friends like tried to bail him out loads yeah. and he took the piss right. um and he got clean and then he was tempted back in and this whole like cyclical nature of addiction like just had it he was in its grip right. and then there was one point he's got no money he's living on the streets needs a hit and he goes to a, a drug dealer and the drug dealer says you give him a bit of crack if he can like have a wank on his feet <laughs> on his feet yeah. so he's sitting in like a back street sorry so that the downtown the, the LA. wants to wank on his feet or yeah he's got a wank on the with a drug feet. dealer wanking on right, onto his okay. feet yeah <laughs> true, true story fucking hell what a sordid weird little yeah um and and i can't remember how he words it but like he, he the book is written is written really well um and and <laughs> the actual front cover is a picture of him like at his worst really and it's a really like raw honest account of um someone who was clearly very capable and talented and charming and had a lot going for him 
Um, and this is quite often the case with people who suffer massively with like addiction is like they aren't stupid. Yeah. You know, there, there, there are people, I mean, and like I've had addictive natures myself yeah. um, as I've talked about in the past. And like, it's not for one, it's not for not knowing like the detriments of the things you're addicted to. It's just like they get caught in this like yeah. nature of like hedonism and euphoria and I don't know, like there's there's definitely something different yeah. going on inside the, those people's brains. Um uh and and yeah, I mean it's just a roller coaster, like loads of the stories in there are, are like it's incredible. There's a lot there's it's a story of like pain, suffering, addiction, but yeah. also equally redemption. Okay. Um and towards the end of the book um he manages to get himself clean i don't want to ruin it for everyone but he gets himself clean once and for all um and then the rehabilitation facility that he was in he starts working for and then he starts um providing these like juices and smoothies for the people in there like detox smoothies and things oh. like that um that becomes popular he then sets up a like little smoothie bar near it and that becomes popular yeah um and he ends up and he now owns like a massive smoothie company with loads of franchises really? um he's a multi-millionaire um he's like a mega success owns a lot of rehab facilities yeah um all around la and the, like that um west coast of the states yeah. it's just a mega success um so it's a it's a it's a nice finish but That's something you could relate to because you've probably wanked on a few drug dealers i've wanked on, I've wanked on the, old, the old crackhead's foot <laughs> <laughs> Shit. uh but it's honestly it's 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 quite like i say i want to say light-hearted but it's, it's not it's horrendous but like it's it's one of those things sometimes you read stuff about someone else's like like suffering and you're like oh, i'm glad I'm, I'm glad that's not me yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know what it, i don't know that that might be just me but like no i think i know what you mean yeah you're like fucking hell that's like i thought i was bad yeah yeah i yeah. guess you, you relate it to some of your low points and think fucking hell actually that's pretty low <laughs> but it's also really nice to see someone who's gone i mean there's no lower than getting your feet whacked on by a it crackhead in the back alley of la it doesn't get much and lower. but he's gone from like suicide yeah. attempts overdosing attempts to like the pinnacle of success in business yeah um and it's very eloquently written like the i think i, I relate often, to it i often wonder how people like that and um i know we've both dabbled in russell brand's podcast because who's obviously yeah, under massive skin, yeah. addiction mm. I, i'm guessing you don't ever and alcoholics, I don't think I don't know if they ever get over that addiction, or if it is like we said with the resistance, it's just a constant, constant battle for the rest of your life. I um, I've read a lot about it, and I, I've just finished a book called The Biology of Desire, which is a, if for anyone who struggles with, who has struggled, or is related to, or involved with anyone who's struggling from any kind of addiction, that's really worth reading. Really, yeah, it breaks it. That it's a, it's a bit more science to it, but um, that talks a lot more about. Um, you know, we're led to believe that this this addiction is a disease, um, and then, and then, but the reality is that addiction is just a habit that has been grooved into like those neural pathways, much like any other habit is. Yeah. Um, 
and right. there will be people that disagree with that comment but i would suggest they read read this book first yeah um because there are elements of truth from both camps i could see i i, I do truly believe that people who um suffer massively with addiction have a different structure to their brain yeah um to a degree but i also believe that if you that i know about brain chemistry and i know about how your brain how like the dopamine release anticipation of something the whole process of yeah whatever they're addicted to like chasing the drug like the whole like setup and process yeah there are there are stages of changes in brain chemistry that happen along there that you you will build new neural pathways that are grooved to do that every time so for example if you were going out and you wanted to like get some coke and like like when you're getting ready to go out and like someone calls you like the, the drug dealer called yeah. that would that would set off like a dopamine release right, in the yeah. brain and then like it's like a step-by-step -step, like process that yeah. is if you do it enough it's just grooved into your brain um, and that is a natural physical change in your brain right um much like uh, what's a good example like wanting to eat a pudding after a main course yeah like, if you do that enough then you become to expect to eat that's kind of what yeah. a habit is i guess is it yeah yeah it is like just a habit like I, anything else yeah it reminds mm. me of the thing you said to me about um sometimes the anticipation of uh going to the pub after work is better than the reality is, yeah. is better than than the reality than actually getting in there and getting that first, well that's always nice also getting first in there and getting nice, that yeah. first pint yeah but and again, but thinking back to when I when I used to like work full time and had a bit of structure, you never lose that Friday feeling really. Now, I yeah. I don't have that at all anymore. That job, that sort of job, that is weekends off. But you you've always got that little Friday feeling. Mm. And I guess when you can get in that rut of not a rut because that's what some people like to do. But on the Friday, it's just the build up of finishing work and going to the pub. It's it's that in your head that's. Could, well, look, this is this is why I, I subscribe to both camps. The 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 one camp saying that it, the addiction is a disease, and one saying that it's just a habit that's been reinforced a lot. Right. Is that I know plenty of people that can go out for two pints. Yeah, you know. So yeah. there's a difference because some people cannot. Or and, but then then there's a bit of me. It's like can't they like or are they just being a bit weak? Right. But like I've been there. And like I've gone out with all intentions of when I was drinking more like certainly in my late 20s uh, well all of my 20s really I can't yeah. remember they're all blurred into one but um, when we would go out we would go out with the intention of getting pissed yeah. you know and then on the times when you go out like I can remember having argument after argument after argument with my girlfriends at the time or girlfriend at the time should I say yeah. where I've where I've gone out and legitimately wanted to go out for two pints but then one pint, Chris is like, oh, you that's quite a nice feeling. I'm yeah. going to have another drink. And then two pints, which is like, balls deep, let's have like eight pints. Yeah, yeah. Or like three, you know, like, and, and that is just a grooved neurological pathway. Yeah. A habit that has built up over time. One pint leads to like a nice, pleasant feeling. You have another one, you're like, oh, I want more of that all of a sudden. So why do some people jump from one addiction to the next though? Um... Well, I, I assume that that once you get used to that um, that change in brain chemistry and that release of dopamine and the effect that serotonin and oxytocin even have, um, 
that you're looking for a higher high i guess yeah like, must be so hard to overcome yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think if i if i had if i'd ever tried heroin i would be dead <laughs> potentially yeah i think yeah um, you can see why people I mean I never would because of that exact reason but you can see why people are um, there's a lot of people with a lot of like promise and potential that probably go down that route and are just like yeah. really wasted the one thing that we I mean we've spoken about though and I'm hearing it more and more about like just psychedelics and like that their value yeah quite the contrary of addiction like yeah. their value towards creative thought processes and like micro dosing and things that are yeah um i wonder if that's worth a blast should get some in for our next <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah. and let everyone go for it with us that's probably um someone we should try and get on actually someone that could talk to us about about yeah. the psychedelic stuff and the um the benefits of it and and what the hell's going on in our brains when when if anyone who's taken. listening knows anyone who is uh, an expert on either of those things, both addiction or psychedelics, it'd be yeah. worth letting us know. Not, not if you've just had a couple of mushrooms, you're not. <laughs> We've all been there, Rick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my second book. I Forgot to Die, Khalil Rafferty. Really, really, really worth reading. It's fucking mental, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, I like the sound of that one. But particularly... Which which is your favourite out of the two? If you had I, to gift gift it, if, if I had to gift it, um, Man Search for Meaning, I think is an excellent book. I've gifted that to over a dozen people. I'd say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting involved. Sorry, with but one. you weren't one of those dozen. Yeah, actually, where the fuck's my book? Bro? I did tell you about it, didn't I? So yeah, you actually, I think you might have said you got it already. No, I probably lied. Well, um, so yeah, any book recommendations as well? If anyone has, I'd. I love always yeah always open to that I love reading too many books at once yeah it's just let's just start another one what are you doing now Rick you're off to work I've got you? to go to work yeah I've got to go away to work for a few days which will be difficult with a newborn at home but FaceTime though mate these days FaceTime these days that should help plus I've got a new purpose so I'll get over it a bit quicker so how long are you wait for only two days oh dry your eyes mate <laughs> what about you oh um i'm getting my foot put in a cast this week and then i'm just working loads working, to do working working working, lots working. lots of different projects on the go keeping moving we'll make sure you yeah, don't keep moving forward on. folks stay curious thanks for listening peace peace out.